Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, we're going to talk about creative ways to communicate with parents and to build those connections with a student's family. And depending on your teaching situation, you might find that you have families that are very involved or families that are less involved. But either way, communicating with parents and building connections however we can is very valuable to further that partnership and help them get a more involved and be a good partner with you um, in the education of their child. And keep in mind, your goal here is to improve the communication, to improve the partnership and the community, right? So that doesn't mean like, let's say you have parents that are very uninvolved. Well, if you could get them even a little more involved, that would be success, right? So don't necessarily think, oh, you know what, this isn't doesn't do any good if it doesn't get all the way to where I'd want it to be, right? Anything you can do to help parents be more informed, more involved, um, have a positive view of what their child is doing in school and be more equipped to help is really, really valuable. So I have just five simple ideas for you. All of these are relatively easy. I wanted them all to be something that wasn't going to add a lot of time to your plate but is a way, they're all very effective ways to communicate with parents. So number one, I wanted to start with a common one, but one that I don't want to be overlooked. And that is don't underestimate the power of proactive emails. Now, obviously, email is not a creative form of communication. We all use it. But What I want to point out here is proactive emails can be so valuable. I recently had an example of this with one of my son's teachers sent us an email to all the parents about a project that they were doing in their class. And she just explained like what the steps were, when it was due, and how parents could help. And it was so helpful for me to get that email as a parent, even though like a form had come home, you know, like they had a paper that I saw that he had with some of the information on it, it was still really helpful to get an email that kind of explained it to me from a teacher to parent uh, point of view, right? Because what you write for the students, what you hand them is a little bit different than what you might say to a parent. So that proactive email that just said, this is what's going on, and this is how you can help your student, and this is how you might be involved, so, so valuable. Uh, the same teacher also did an amazing job. You know, she saw a some concerns that many parents were having and many students were having, and she wrote a proactive email addressing that concern to all of the parents. And that type of proactive communication is so valuable, and it also can save you a lot of time because you're proactively addressing a potential problem or an existing problem with the entire class, all of the parents, rather than maybe ending up having that same conversation with five different parents, right? Um, So being proactive in that way can be super valuable. So ask yourself, is there something, is there one email that I could write to the entire class that would be proactive and head off future problems? If so, that is an amazing tool that is helpful for you and helpful for parents. Number two, 
Loom videos. Okay, if you're not familiar with Loom, it's a website, loom.com, that allows you to make a screen recording of your computer incredibly easily, and then you can share it very easily too. There's other softwares that do this, but Loom in particular is just really easy to use because as I said, what you can do, once you download the extension to your computer, all you have to do is click record, and it will record your computer screen and whatever you are saying. And if you want, you can even have it record your face if you have a webcam. And then when you're done, it just automatically uploads it. You can just give it a name, and then you can just grab the link and share it in an email. So you're not trying to share these big files. You don't have to upload it to YouTube. All you have to do is grab the link and share it. So it makes sharing a video so, so easy. And it, I believe they still have a free plan as well that works pretty well, would pretty much serve your needs, I would be, I would think, and that the paid plan is very inexpensive if you need it. So Loom.com or a similar software that will just record your computer screen can be great if you want to explain something to parents, but you don't want to type out a long email. I know so often myself, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, it's going to take so long to type. I could explain this in just, you know, three to four minutes by talking about it. And then that also has all the extra value of having all of that verbal communication. They, they can hear the tone of your voice. So that can be really, really valuable. So one application I can think of this is something like, let's say you wanted to go over a sheet, something that you had sent home with students, where you could pull that up in Microsoft Word on your computer or whatever it is and almost like talk through it um, with parents, something like that. So number two is to use Loom.com or a similar screen recording video to take a video of you explaining something on your computer screen. Number three is Voxer. And you might be saying, what on earth is Voxer? Well, what Voxer does is allows you to do essentially the same thing as Loom, but it's only a voice message. There's no computer screen element to it. So if you're thinking, Linda, I want to send a message to my parents, but I don't really need to show them anything on the computer screen. What am I just going to have a blank screen and just record a message that almost seems silly? Well, you could do then a voice message on Voxer. So Voxer, it's V-O-X-E-R. Uh, it's a free phone app that you can download. And what you can do there is it's it's used to send voice messages to other people that are also on Voxer, but there's also an option to just have what are called My Notes, okay? And in My Notes, you can record a voice message just you're just recording a voice message. But what I love about it is just like with Loom, you can choose to share it. And what you get is a shareable link that looks very professional that you can send to someone. So you have this link and when they open it, it has just like a little play box and it has, if you if you choose to upload your picture, it'll have your picture. If not, it'll just have like your initials and they can listen to it there. So it's once again, an alternative to Loom if you're wanting to send a message, but you don't have anything you're trying to show them and it just makes sense for it to be an audio message. Voxer makes that incredibly easy. So once again, all you would do is open the app, press the record button, record your message, and then click the button to share, copy the link, and then copy and paste it into an email and say, hi, everyone, um, I have a message for you about such and such. You can listen to it right here. The end. <laughs> Once again, a lot faster in some cases than typing out an email, and then the parents can hear all of the nuance of your voice and what you're saying. So, so far, we have number one, 
proactive emails. Number two, Loom sending messages to parents via Loom videos. Number three, Voxer voice messages. Let me go back and um, clarify one thing that I should have said in both of these is that obviously you can use both Loom and Voxer to send messages to the entire class. But you can also use either one of those options to send a personalized message to a parent also. So if a parent is coming to you with a concern or if you're like, I have a concern that I need to address with a parent about, you know, just their child, that is also a wonderful application of either one of those. Uh, Because sometimes, once again, rather than saying, "I I need to write up this big, long email explaining the situation, you can just record a voice message and say, hey, we had a situation in class today with so and so. I recorded a voice message explaining it. I'd love your thoughts. So that can be a really great way to communicate. Every time I've used these types of communications um, with people that aren't used to them, they almost always come back to me and say, wow, that was really cool being able to see your message or, or listen to your voice message. That was helpful. So even if parents aren't used to this type of communication, a lot of times they end up saying that they really enjoy it and that they find it helpful. And as I said, it's a huge time saver for us because we don't have to type out a huge message and then, you know, reread it five times looking, check for grammar and all of that. All right, number four goes in a slightly different direction. Number four is giving students responsibility to post on your class web account what they're doing in class, okay? So the first three kind of dealt more with communicating directly with parents. This one is about having a place online, probably, where you have a spot where you're communicating with parents things that you're doing in class. This is probably more, in my mind at least, this idea is more about just keeping them informed and helping them see what you're doing just so that they have a positive impression of what you're doing in class and that they're also just kept in the loop, okay? So just keeping them in the loop. So this is less about communicating important information that they need, although you could use it for that as well, and more about just kind of building that classroom community and involving the families in it, okay? So if you have some type of class website or even something like Class Dojo or like any way of communicating with parents, what probably happens though is you're like, okay, I don't have time or I don't remember to, you know, share what we did in class today or take a picture of what we're doing and then share it to the class website. Like that's just, I mean, that's like number 135 on my list and it's just not important and I don't get around to it. So depending on the age of your students, even young kids might be capable of this. What you can do is you can assign that to students to share to your class website in a public forum, not public meaning anyone can see it, but public only like, so let me clarify that. Now, I don't recommend this being public to everybody, but being semi-public, semi-private in that it's for the um, families and the class themselves, okay? That's what I mean by that. So having students share in that forum that what they did in class. Um, so this could be like a classroom job for a couple students where it's their job to maintain it, but you also could have this be an assignment. And it could be an assignment for everyone to post something that they did, or it could be an assignment that rotates, you know, where this week these students um track what we do in class and 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 report it. Um, and next week, it's these students. So it's kind of a rotation. It could even be taken for a grade. I don't know if you're, as soon as I started thinking about this, my mind started going with all kinds of possibilities for this. Uh, you can even have students 
demonstrating what they learned in class. You could have them doing, you know, making images or videos or whatever it is, sharing, hey, this is what we learned in class today, and sharing that on the class site. And so it really could be a a valuable form of evaluation, a valuable form of synthesis for the students, of communication. There's so many skills that your students could be learning as they did this with the added benefit of, wow, the parents are seeing what they're learning. Obviously, check with your school rules and administration to make sure something like that would be allowed. You obviously want to be careful about all the privacy and all of everything like that. But there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, as my, like I said, as my mind started thinking, I thought, wow, there's so much here. And it could be, it could literally be a homework assignment, a classroom assignment, a classroom job. I um, mean, it could be something where um, the students are taking responsibility for it. It's not your job to do this. You're just going in and, you know, checking it for a grade. So I hope that that idea kind of gets you excited. And if it seems like a good fit for you in your class, uh, you can kind of take that one and run with it. All right, I have one last idea, and then I'd love to hear your guys' ideas too. Hop over to the blog post that goes with this at teachfortheheart.com slash 178, and we'd love to hear your creative communication ideas too. You can leave them in the comments, and we can grow this, um, this idea list even further. But idea number five is to use Flipgrid with families. Um, so a lot of you are familiar with Flipgrid. It is an app that allows students to record videos of themselves. Um, they could be, ant- and you can use it for all kinds of things. You can use it for just classroom community, but you can also use it for academics uh, where students would be recording a video of them explaining a concept and then you can watch it and you can set the settings so that either it's private or other classmates can see it. But you could consider using Flipgrid with families too, where you ask families, or parents to hop on and answer a quick question, whether it's a get-to-know-you question or something about their student or whatever it is. Please do be aware, I'm sure you are aware, that parents are busy, and so you wouldn't want to make these feel like extra obligations or things that are going to take a lot of time. But if they're quick and easy and fun, it can be a really great way to pull in parents and help them feel more a part of what's going on and to be more involved in the class. As I said, I hope that you guys found some of these ideas helpful and there's at least one that you are excited to try. And once again, hop on over to teachfortheheart.com slash 178, because this is episode 178, and leave your comments there sharing other ideas that you have up for communicating with parents. Before we go, I'd also love to invite you to our Teach for the Heart mentorship, where we help you with all kinds of teaching problems that you're facing. Anything that you're like, man, I don't know what to do with this, we are there to help you. You can get details at teachfortheheart.com slash mentorship. We're here to help with anything you need, but we also have a set curriculum that we take you through that teaches you all the things that I would teach you if I was sitting down with you as your one-on-one mentor. We're going to help you stop classroom chaos establish balance, better engage your students, and so much more. So you can get all the details at teachfortheheart.com slash mentorship. Well, thank you guys again so much. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep trusting. You really are making a difference.